0: challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host New York Times best-selling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Hey, it's great to have you with me here on The Great Man Podcast, and I want to say one thing before I leave it alone for some episodes, and that is that I really want you to be getting The Great Man Digest. You can go to greatman.tv, sign up for that right there on the homepage. It's a weekly email that is really amazing. And listen, we will not sell you things. We will not sell your information to other people. We will tell you about products that we produce that will help you be a great man but you want to be sure and be getting this every week in your email box. So that's the last time I'm going to mention it for a while, but I'm very eager for all of you to have it, for you to make sure that your sons and the other men in your life have it. And so please the great man digest, just go to greatman.tv and you'll see where to sign up for that. All right. I want to talk about something in this episode of our podcast that two things that normally aren't put together, they're normally not discussed in connection. I want to talk to you about men, and fasting. Now, I'm aware that I'm recording this a couple of days from Lent, and a lot of you guys who are Christians and maybe more liturgical Christians, you are planning to quote-unquote give up something for Lent. So it's probably a good time for me to be mentioning this, but fasting in a broader sense has always been part of manhood. In in the Middle Ages, the knights used to fast before they went into battle. They they fasted before they uh, even were commissioned as knights. Fasting was part of it. It was considered a way to purify the soul. It was considered a way to empty the body. Uh, Fasting was seen as a manly art. This has been the case not just in religious movements through history, uh, but certainly martial movements and masculine movements. Uh, Men fasted in, in some cultures before they got married. It was, again, a way of purifying themselves, of quieting their souls and their bodies before God so that they would be approved and purified and ready to become one with their future wife. Uh, It's it's been done constantly. In fact, in many martial cultures, uh, men wouldn't fast, for example, the night before a battle, but they would fast some weeks before when they knew a battle was coming, when they knew they were going into war. They would fast earlier on. They saw physical benefits of it. They saw uh, psychological, even of course, spiritual benefits of it. Now, I want to talk to you about fasting in a different connection. Of course, I'm a Christian. I believe in fasting. I believe that fasting is meant to be joined with prayer and, uh, and that this is something that draws the attention of God, the pleasure of God, the work of God in your life. And that, believe me, is another sermon. <laughs> That's not something I'm going to develop here. But what I want to talk to you about as a man, wherever you are religiously, whatever your religious persuasion, uh, is the idea of fasting as part of a manly lifestyle. Now, this is not me trying to squeegee some of you into a religious life. No, I believe with all my heart that a man ought to be able to fast everything, I would say everything non-relational, in his life at some point. In fact, I believe the ability to give something up, the ability to fast something, is the way you know that it hasn't worked itself into your soul, that it hasn't become too attached. Uh, It's the way to come back to it fresh. It's the way to be able to embrace it anew. What am I talking about? Well, anything in your life, that is an attachment, that is a devotion, that is a habit. Uh, I don't, I'm not gonna say addiction because I'm not necessarily saying that it's bad, but anything in your life, you ought to be able and willing to give up for a season. Again, I'm speaking of non-relational uh, issues. I'm not saying you should fast your wife you know, and not talk to her for 30 days. That's not what I'm talking about, and you know that. But I will say that any other thing anything in your life that is a habit, it is a pleasure, it is a devotion, it is something that is regular in your life. I think it's a manly discipline to be willing to give it up for a season just to make sure it doesn't have its tentacles in you, just to make sure that you are not Let's use the word addicted, um, that it's not something that you are relying on, making sure that you see it afresh, you see it with clear eyes, making sure that you haven't habituated it so that it is controlling you rather than you controlling it. You know what, I've often taught on this podcast is that when you've done something consistently for 21 days, you have made it a habit. According to brain science now, you've actually fashioned the brain synapses in a certain way, in a certain pattern, so that you have created a habit. Now, this, I think, is a God given gift to all of us because it means we can, you know, habituate getting up at a certain time in the morning. We can habituate exercise. We can habituate whatever, prayer, calling a friend, uh, you know, the time of day when we think about our friends and call them and check on them, whatever. We can habituate time with children. We can habituate uh, times with a spouse. We can habituate, uh, you know, the quiet drink on the back porch or whatever. But you want to make sure that the non-relational things that you've got going in your life, you are able to give up for a season. Okay. Let's take an example. Let's talk about a man, for example, who consumes alcohol. Let's say every day at five o'clock, he doesn't have a problem. He's not, he's not a drunk. He's not addicted, but he's been doing it for a long time. I believe a good man says, you know what? I want to take everything in my life from time to time and give it up. I give it up so that it's not uh, become a, a habituation in my life. I don't want alcohol to be a habit of any kind. Uh, I don't want five o'clock to hit and I have to have a drink. You understand what I'm saying. Or it can be sugar, or it can be television, or it can be you name it. It can be just about anything that is a pleasure, Any just about anything that we do on a regular basis, just about anything that uh, we can begin to rely on. Well, I don't really want to rely on any habit Except for, of course, the basics, going to the bathroom, loving people, what have you. I'm talking about the, the things that we do that then can go, become too big in our lives. So this guy, every day, 5 o'clock, like many, many people in the world, he has whatever, a whiskey, a cocktail, a glass of wine. Perfectly fine. He's not a drunk. He's not, doing too, he's not having too much. But a good man, I think, looks at that and says, you know, I've been, I've been having a drink for, at 5 o'clock for years. I think just to test myself just to make sure that nothing controls me, just to make sure that I am a free and independent man with a whole soul and with a mature attitude and a fresh attitude even, towards the things I, I enjoy and give myself to, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this up for a while. I'm going to give it up for whatever period of time you think you ought to, a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever it is. You know, Lent this year is 47 days for those who are, or 46 days uh, for those of, who are doing that. Other religions have other kinds of fast days. Our Jewish friends fast one day uh, a year, but then they have other ways of giving up certain things that are uh, in, the, in their lives that they might not want to be attached to. Now, I'm not speaking so much religiously, I'm speaking in terms of a manly discipline. I think a man ought to be fasting fairly regularly anything in his life that might become over-relied upon, that might become a biological habit, anything he wants to approach freshly with clear eyes, with new approach. I know men who play golf uh, like almost every other day, but then they say, you know what? I want to come fresh to golf. I don't want to rely on it too much. I also don't want to send the signal to my wife and children that this is more important than them. So for certain seasons, I'll give it up. I'll just give it up. Uh, I'll, it, it actually, They've actually reported that it has a, an effect on their muscle memory and it has effect on the way they play the game when they come back to it. They're actually better after a, a little bit of time on the other side, but they give it up. They give it up so it's not a habit. They give it up so they're not driven biologically to do it. They give it up so it's not just a a compulsion. Uh, They give it up in some cases to God. Hey, God, I don't want any sport, habit, anything to be more important than you. They send a certain signal to their family. They reset and that's kind of what fasting is in a sense. It's sort of a reset. Now, we tend to think of fasting in terms of food, and that's certainly appropriate. But I'm talking, uh, because I'm speaking of fasting in a manly sense, in a masculinity sense, um, I'm not going to get in the middle of, of you giving up food. I do recommend that you give up any food for a period of time that you're attached to. If you've got to have that ice cream and chocolate sauce with the nuts and the stuff every day or your day's not complete, you need to fast that for a while. Not not because you're addicted, but but because you want you want to break that reliance. Uh, you want to come back to it fresh. Enjoy ice cream, of course we're not we're not ridiculous. At the same time, you don't want to be addicted to anything. You don't want anything working its tentacles in your soul. You don't want to be over relying upon it. You don't want to have trained your brain to uh, be to, uh, you know to, to need it in some way. You don't want to have your body trained for that kind of fix at five o'clock or eight o'clock or whatever it is. I know some people who have said, you know, I I gave up exercise just for a little while and it was hard because I loved it. My body reset, I did everything in exercise. But when I gave it up, I came back to it in a more balanced way. I came back to it without the, the, the unclean, excessive drive and compulsion. And I was a better athlete. I was better at working out. It was woven into the rest of my life in an appropriate way. So men, I'd like for you, Here's the kind of the assignment from this podcast. I'd like for you to consider giving up. You see, we always think of fasting as a a guy walking around all week and desiccated because he hasn't had any food. That's up to you. I'm not going to tell you to give up food. Um, I do think you ought to give up certain things about food and drink if you find yourself relying upon them. But the point is, make a list of anything that might be like this and don't give it up all at once. Take one at a time. I know a guy who's given up for Lent. He doesn't have any alcohol problem, but he's given up for Lent that daily cocktail. He's not going to do it for the between Ash Wednesday and Easter. That's what that's what a lot of liturgical Christians do, and so for almost fifty days he won't have uh, any alcohol. Okay, that's appropriate he'll come back to it. He'll enjoy it. It'll be balanced. He will have reset his brain. The brain science tells us he will have reset the brain a little bit. He will have reset his biological dependence on it. Uh, He will have shown the manly art of not letting anything control him. Uh, He will have gotten free, cleansed alcohol out of his body because if he's having a cocktail or two every day, he's got alcohol in his body most of his life. Um, And so This is a good, clean reset and a good discipline for him. Okay, I'm going to walk free. It's also, by the way, a great example for the young. Um, uh, the young, of course, we live in a very materialistic, very sensation oriented society. It's good for them to see their dad saying, you know, I really enjoy my golf game. I really enjoy that mound of ice cream every night at eight o'clock. I really enjoy my cocktail or two or my glass of wine with dinner. I really enjoy that, that morning run. I mean, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure it doesn't control me. I'm going to give it up for a week or two weeks, three weeks, a lint, whatever it is that you feel like you're supposed to do. And I'm going to make sure that I master it and it doesn't master me. And if if you've got a religious life, then weave that into your religious life. I'm going to do this before the Lord, somebody might say, or what have you. You understand where I'm going. But throughout history, fasting has been an essential art of manhood. It's what a man did to prepare himself. It's what a boy did in the Jewish culture before he was bar mitzvah, before at the age of 13, he became a son of the covenant. It's what knights did. It's what men did before they were commissioned. Uh, it's what men did before they were married. It was a way of cleansing. It was a way of making sure that nothing was attached to you. It was a way of making sure, this was before brain science, that nothing had got worked its way into your psyche, they might have said early on. But now we know the biological effects of these things. And please understand, I'm not talking about anything that is on top of you. I'm not saying, hey, you're a drunk, you need to not drink. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, I assume you're already dealing with those things if you're the kind of guy who wants to be a really good noble man. Instead, I'm talking about things that are not necessarily dominating your life in the sense that you're getting stoned or in the sense that you weigh nine hundred pounds from the ice cream, but rather in the sense of you know what I'm I'm even going to take just slight things, just things that I kind of enjoy and do regularly, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be that fastidious about making sure that these things don't dominate me in any way, that there's no biological addiction, that there's no need for that I'm not getting a fix from the 50 Oreos I'm having at nine o'clock every night or whatever. Obviously, I'm being silly and extreme to make a point. I want you to fast a little bit. I want you to work this into your life. I want you to think like a warrior. I'm not trying to pull you into my Christian faith because we're heading into Lent. I want to pull you into a masculine historic lifestyle. That knights and men and men at battle and and uh, and and people who are committing themselves to new levels and men even 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 in, in the Native American culture, um, fasting was a normal part of it. Fasting was part of renewal, and men men fasted before they made covenant with each other. The the Native American version of covenant. So I want you to make a list of things. Not again, I'm not asking for addictions. Don't label it addictions. Things you rely on, things you enjoy, things you do regularly. And I'm not talking in about relationships and basic body duties. Obviously, I'm talking about the kinds of things I've been talking about in this podcast. And I want you to consider giving it up for a while. Just give it up for a while, and do it with the attitude of "I'm a warrior. I'm going to master it, not have it master me. I'm gonna I'm gonna undo this long enough to reset my habits, come back to it fresh." I fully expect that my friend uh, who's giving up his daily cocktail. For Lent, we'll come right back to it, but he'll come back to it clean and fresh and, and, uh, and having reset his body from any kind of reliance uh, on alcohol that may have begun to happen, any kind of fix that he was getting. He'll enjoy it more. I'm guessing he'll drink a bit less. Not that, not that I care. I don't see an excess now, but he'll be sure. The important thing is that in his soul, he will be sure. So let's master the manly art of fasting. Giving up food sometimes. In fact, you you know, I'm sure you are well aware that intermittent fasting has become a huge thing. And I think it's it's interesting because, of course, people have been doing this all throughout the centuries, not eating till noon, not eating until five o'clock, not eating you know, a week before a battle. This is, fasting's been a normal part of people living, people preparing, people stealing themselves, people making sure that they are on top of who they are, their drives, their desires, their wants, their ways of living. I want you to do this and keep in mind a couple of things. First of all, um, that it's, it takes 21 days to rehabituate. So for some of you, you might consider doing at least a 21 day fast of what you have already habituated. So if my friend wasn't already giving up his cocktail for Lent for 40, whatever days, uh, I would say to him, if he asked my advice, I'd say, well, at least do 21 days because 21 days clears the habit. It gets, it, it creates the new habit of, of that alcohol, not being there. And then when you come back to it. You'll come to it fresh. And there's another thing I want you to do. Um, I want you to go on, uh, go, go do a Google search of benefits of fasting. It is stunning what the medical community is coming up with and understanding about the benefits of fasting, the way it resets your insulin wall, the way it regulates your triglycerides, the way it does all kinds of things, pretty amazing what they are discovering. And yet for me as a historian and as a guy who loves to study manly arts through history, it's funny to me that the medical community is getting very excited about uh, about fasting. They're even talking about fasting, having a role in healing cancer. And yet this is one of the most ancient arts of all human history. So let's perfect the manly art of fasting. And this spring is a great time to do it with so many people in the world fasting. The main point is that you take control of your life, that nothing dominates you, that you are a man and you are a man in the sense that you rule your body, rule your mind, rule your habits, and are, are in, in control enough to be able to give yourselves radically to others because you you control who you are, and you are not dominated. Nothing else rules you. Nothing dominates you because this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.